So I'll just start with an introduction to myself. So my name is Jane Stratton, and I'm a research assistant professor in the food science department. I've been the, with the university for a very long time, and my role here is as a food safety microbiologist. So I manage a service lab that does testing for the food industry. <clears throat> we test for pathogens, uh, indicator organisms, we do shelf life studies. Um, I also do acidified food reviews. Um, for anybody that's doing acidified foods, um, I, I do that work as well. Um, so my colleague, Dr. Bianchini, and I have done a, a number of workshops like this. We also teach uh, preventive controls for human food and for animal food. Um, so we've kind of been a team over the years, so it's been a real pleasure to work with her on, on uh, projects like this. So we've set it up as basically three different topics. Our first one is going to be the overview of reduced oxygen packaging. And instead of saying reduced oxygen packaging throughout all of our lectures, we're just going to say ROP. So that'll make things a little bit simpler. And this is what I'll be covering in this first lecture. And then I'll be covering the types of processes uh, that are, that are uh, fall under the ROP category. And then Dr. Bianchini is going to be looking at the safety concerns, particularly with the microbiology um, of these types of processed foods. So our first topics, uh, we have an introduction. So what is ROP? Okay. And then there's going to be definitions related to that and what the benefits are, why are people using this. Um, as we heard from one of the inspectors, there's a lot of idle machines out there. Okay. And we need to get those running because ROP is really a great process. Um, not only for certain types of cooking processes, it can enhance flavor, but also just to improve shelf life. And then we'll kind of cover a few uh, misconceptions and risks associated with, with ROP. So this first lecture is going to be fairly brief, um, but I think it's going to put us on the right track. So what is ROP? Pretty simple. You have food, you put it in a package, you remove the oxygen, and then you have a sealed product. Okay? Pretty simple, right? Well, it gets a little bit more complicated as we go into some of those processes, but essentially that's, that's the basic concept. <coughs> so there's two definitions that we have to be aware of, and the first one is the term aerobic. Okay? When we think of the word aerobic, what do we think of? Exercise, right? Aerobic exercise, you know, because you're breathing, bringing in oxygen. So aerobic, that just means with air. Okay? So aerob Aerobic conditions mean that your product is in the air. It's in the environment. So you see a piece of meat here sitting on a cutting board, uh, maybe being processed, maybe being cooked. Um, so these are aerobic conditions. Okay? And as we'll find out, there are certain organisms that like the aerobic conditions. They need oxygen to reproduce. The second definition is an anaerobic condition. So there's going to be no oxygen in that environment. Okay. So we can see in this first picture, somebody is placing these meat products into a bag, probably to go into some type of a water bath cook process. And then this last picture is a pretty good picture showing that meat product you know, that's been vacuum sealed. So you've pulled all of the oxygen and the air out of that bag. Okay. So that's an anaerobic condition. 
And as we'll see later on, the anaerobic condition is conducive to certain microorganisms' growth. Okay? They don't like air, so they're perfectly happy growing in these, in these types of environments. So the benefits of ROP, um, I've talked about it a little bit already. It prevents the growth of spoilage organisms. <coughs> so can anybody name some spoilage organisms? Botulism, is that a spoilage organism? Or it makes you sick, right? Mm -hmm. What else might you see on food products that spoils it? <coughs> what about that moldy cheese in the back of your fridge? <laughs> so mold, what about that slimy green piece of meat that you forgot about that's in the back of your fridge? That's bacteria that causes that spoilage. And then uh, yeast. Yeast can also spoil products as well. Um, one common thing with these spoilage organisms is, is most all of them require oxygen. Okay, so if you take the oxygen out, then you can, that, that goes a long way towards preventing something like mold growth. Prolongs the quality. Okay? So in addition to preventing microorganisms from growing, it can also reduce things like rancidity. So oxidative rancidity, if you have a product that's high in oils, if there's a lot of oxygen in there, then it can cause a rancid product. So if you take out that oxygen, then you can reduce that, that rancidity from occurring. And then finally, all of these benefits will extend the shelf life of the product. So the benefits, again, I've mentioned prevention of spoilage organisms. So you have a low oxygen environment, prevents the growth of aerobic bacteria, yeasts, and molds. Here shows some pictures of some moldy products. Again, so our moldy cheese, we have some mold growing on some strawberries. Um, so what spoilage organisms do, in addition to just really looking really terrible, is they can cause slime, texture changes, off odors. Um, so it's really a product that nobody's going to want to consume. And this is just a summary slide that talks about the different benefits of, of ROP processing. So it's going to prolong your quality by reducing fat oxidation and rancidity, prevent chemical reactions that produce off odors and color change, reduces aerobic bacterial growth, and then eliminates the risk of contamination during storage. And it's going to extend the shelf life. So one of the things you're also doing, in addition to taking out the oxygen, is you're placing an airtight barrier over that product. So that barrier, or that film, that's also going to prevent other things from, from getting in there, like people's hands, you know, being able to move that product around. You're not directly touching that product. Um, I like to think of insects. I mean, insects are everywhere, but that product is protected by that seal, that airtight package. So why would you want to use ROP in retail? It's going to reduce your preparation and cleanup times. You can have portion control. There's, sometimes there's a problem of maybe making too much product. How do you store it properly? This way you can do individualized bags. Less mess, fewer utensils, extend shelf life, and then creates a tender or more flavorful food product. And uh, so, for example, with the sous vide processing. So, misconceptions. So let's read this 
statement. Sealing food in vacuum packs eliminates the need to handle it properly. True or false? False. I'm so glad nobody said true. <laughs> um, but sometimes you think about it. You, you know, when we go to the grocery store, you know, we, we see all of this beautiful product that's beautifully packaged. You know, we kind of grab it and toss it into our, into our basket, right? Okay. We, we think that the packaging is, we're, we're, we're attributing a lot more to that packaging than we should. So we really want to make sure that we're handling all of this product properly, even though it looks like it's, it's packaged. One of the other things about ROP in particular is that we have this issue of foodborne botulism, which was, which was brought up earlier. When we're taking out oxygen in that package, that means this particular organism, Clostridium botulinum, it's a perfect environment for that organism to grow. Okay? And we use refrigeration primarily to prevent the organism from, from growing. Okay? So this is an extremely dangerous organism, and there have been some cases associated with, with ROP um, packages. And I've added a couple of those here. So this first one is a case in 2009. It was an outbreak of botulism linked to vacuum-packed hot smoked whitefish in France. Okay. And then we have a table over here of incidents of foodborne botulism with, uh, involving C. botulinum. So this table starts in 1982 and goes up to about 2004. But what I really want to point out in this table is the factors contributing to the botulism outbreak. So time after time, you're seeing temperature abuse pop up. Okay? So even though you're vacuum packaging, you have a good seal, everything is being done correctly on the process side, you have to make sure that the temperature of your, your, your holding temperatures um, are not going to be abusing that product. Okay? So that's going to be important, uh, one important thing to really note when you're, when you're doing this process. And also, any of you out there making homemade fermented beaver tail and paw, or homemade beluga whale, just be careful. That made the list. So. <laughs> okay, a couple more uh, misconceptions and risks. So a couple more uh, um, outbreaks. So uh, not outbreaks, but these are recalls. Um, so the last thing, if you're processing food and it's going out to your consumers, is you want to recall it. That's just a nightmare, right? So in this first case, um, we had a recall of smoked wild coho salmon, and this was recalled for a botulism risk. And if you note the date on that, that's 2018, so it's a pretty recent occurrence. And the problem with this is it was a low-salt, vacuum-packed fish. And on the label, it said you could refrigerate it or freeze it. Well, according to the rules, uh, low-salt fish has to be kept frozen until use. Okay, so that's why they had to do this, this recall. There's the potential of one type of clostridium that can grow at the lower temperatures. Okay, and it's especially associated with fish. So um, it was a high-risk product, and it needed to be kept frozen in, until use. In this other case, <clears throat> uh, the title up here says, Illinois firm recalls chicken products produced without adequate ready-to-eat HACCP plan and a Listeria monocytogenes program. And the problem with this is they were doing fully cooked vacuum-packed chicken tamales, but they were processing without a HACCP plan. 
Okay? And they needed to have a HACCP plan in order to produce this product. So they had to recall it. So again, when we get into the regulatory part, um, it's going to be very important to comply with some of, these, some of these items, like making sure you have a HACCP plan. So just to summarize, um, so with the misconceptions and risk, you need to store frozen food in the freezer, thaw in appropriate manner, the vacuum seal is not going to kill bacteria, and the vacuum packaging does not automatically make food safe and eliminate that need to take um, precautions. Okay. So it's going to be important to maintain vigilance and food safety when you're producing these types of products. So that finishes out our overview. Um, next, we'll switch over and go over some of the processes that we use. <laughs>